Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Sports Radio 66. The Fan. WFAN. It's a little throwback Thursday here on The Fan on the 660 AM dial or on the Odyssey app. Tell me, Tiki, if I'm being irrational or rational. Yes. You're often very rational. Oh, thank you. You thought I was going to say irrational, didn't you? But you're very <laughs> rational. Trolly, but rational. Thank you. There is something I am very, very upset about, and I'm going to try to remain calm as I explain it, and you can tell me it's rational that you're upset about this or it's irrational. Okay. Is the Nets down by 17 part of this? It, it's sort of. Okay. <laughs> so the Nets are in Paris against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's why we're on AM today, and they're getting their asses kicked. Not a surprise. It's not about this game. Ben Simmons, who has not played basketball in what feels like forever, went on this trip. Hmm. Who the hell does this guy think he is? Well, I mean, he no longer plays basketball. But he is a member not, of the team. Oh, shut it. He <laughs> doesn't have a timetable to come back. And he sits there on Instagram and says, hey, Paris ain't ready for me. Like, I don't want to see him doing anything other than getting ready to play basketball. Right, hold on. Who did, the hell is he did, to get his passport approved to go to Paris, France? Did he actually say Paris isn't ready for me? Yeah. Is that, yeah that's yeah. A, that's what he said. What a jackass. So all he's talking about is shopping, yeah. right, right? Or having, I don't know, a, a glass of wine on the Champs-Élysées, right? He's not talking. Excuse me, what was that? <laughs> it's just the main road uh, okay. leading to the Arc de Triomphe. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I love when he says French stuff. <laughs> But so he's talking about doing anything other than playing basketball. Yeah. Like if I said that, say the Giants in my day were playing in Paris and I was balling and I was going over there and they'd be, I'd be like, Paris ain't ready for me. I'm going to come show out. All he's talking about is what he's going to do socially because he's not playing. He shouldn't be allowed to partake in a trip to Europe. That's I mean, all I'm saying. Maybe he's there for promotional reasons. I don't give a rat's ass why he's there. Until he plays basketball, to me, he hasn't earned any right to get on a plane and go to Paris, France. And he shouldn't post about it. And he shouldn't post about it. And then he's meeting the media and saying, oh, I'm feeling a lot better. And then when asked, what's your timetable? He says, I got no timetable. You got no timetable? Then I don't want to hear from you. Until you show up on the court, I don't want you talking. I don't want you going to Paris. I don't want you on Instagram. Like, why should he get to enjoy going to Babu like Camp Thomas does? Like, why? Why the hell should he get to enjoy that and sit on the sideline dressed like a clown watching his crappy basketball team be down by 21? Yeah, that's irrational. But Really? It's a good irrational, though. You think that's irrational? It's a good irrational, though. Oh, thank you. Because he's part of the team, so I guess it's justifiable that he goes, but... Your your stance is irrationally good. I am uh, very confident that our next special guest 
will think that I'm very rational. And our next special guest has a very special introduction that you may remember. On a mountaintop high above a large city stands the headquarters of a man devoted to the cause of freedom and justice. A private citizen who is dedicating his life to the struggle against evil men everywhere. Captain Midnight. That's right. Captain Midnight himself, the great Steve Summer. Schmooze, how you been? Well, we, uh, we're doing okay, but uh, let me just uh, throw this out, because I, I heard Paris, and recently my wife and I were in Paris. Oh, nice. And if we were in Paris the same time the Brooklyn Nets were, we still would have gone to the Louvre. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will say this, if you ever get to France to begin with, especially Paris, don't order French fries. They're terrible. Uh, they're but called pomme frites. They call yeah. them pomme frites. <laughs> <laughs> let me just say this about the Rogers and uh, uh, Hamill uh, situation. Uh, I think everyone has missed the point. Hamill really uh, offering and sending out the worst insult between the two of them insulting each other. Because what Hamill had to say insulted an awful lot of hamsters when he called uh, Rogers a hamster-brained quarterback. You know how many hamsters were offended by that? (laughs) By the way, I think you mean Kimmel, right? right. Jimmy Kimmel? Kimmel. Yeah, they're right. I'm saying Hamill. It's it's okay. It's all right. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. So do, but, you, do you travel yeah. the world now, Steve? You went to Paris yeah. recently. Where else have you been heading towards? Yeah, well, well, that was my wife's idea. And so I, you know, was taken along for the ride. I'm not into museums. I'm not really into being a tourist. But it was an experience, that's for sure. But you did go to the Louvre, you said. And did you see the Mona Lisa? Yeah, well, I did. She looks a lot better uh, in person <laughs> than any kind of portrait of her, that's for sure. Would you be interested in going to London, England to see the Mets take on the Phillies in the middle of June next season, Steve? <laughs> yeah, that. Why, why are they doing that? And why, and why are the Brooklyn Nets playing in Paris? Well, so that no one pays attention to them there, too. I mean, just to make it very even. I I honestly don't know. It's like international football. I mean, why do we stick games in London? Why do we stick games all over the place? They try to grow the sport. Well, I guess the the Nets are looking for a French correction. (laughs) I like what you did there. The French connection. You young guys don't know what that's all about, but that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm glad he made you laugh, Tiki. Oh, I mean, I got got it. I like that one. (laughs) Steve, um, what do you think of the Mets so far this offseason? Have you been disappointed with what they've done? Um, with uh, with what? Who's done? What the Mets have done? Like, have they done enough well, for you to think it, they're good? It, well, you know that remains to be seen. But I've not been excited by what they've done. Uh, you know, you would have loved to have gotten, of course, you know, uh, the the best of uh, Japan and and certainly the, uh, Matt Chapman. I mean, Beatty. You know, listen, he shows potential, but I, I would love to see the Mets get. A third baseman who's been a gold glover is hitting wasn't so hot this past year, but I'd love to see the Mets get Matt Chapman, and they need to get, they certainly could use another outfielder. The one thing I don't like about Bader, and I said this when I was still working Monday through Friday 
and that was his mouthpiece. <laughs> it reminded me of Hannibal Lecter. The guy, you know, it, it's one thing if you see Stephon Curry with the mouthpiece, he chews on the end of it, and it looks like a mouthpiece. But when, when Bader does that, you get the impression you're looking at Hannibal Lecter with the teeth, <laughs> the whole thing being shown, just an awful, awful optic. So I hope as a Metropolitan that he keeps that mouthpiece where it's supposed to be. I think he probably grinds his teeth, especially when he's stressed. So he's probably <laughs> putting it in there to protect the enamel on his teeth. That that would be my guess. Yeah, that, well, that's a good guess. <laughs> I, and, and I hope that's the case also. I get the sense, Steve, that you're not a big Aaron Rodgers fan, based on what you were saying earlier. Would you? Well, would you... Is, uh, I mean, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. But, I mean, all of the BS that he wants to see come to an end, it has to start with him. The whole thing, and, and maybe he did not say Kimmel is a is a, a a pedophile, but he certainly implied it. And of course, he didn't apologize. What was it yesterday on the program? But now he's not going to be on that program anymore during the course of the football season. He ought to just stick, if he can, uh, to football, not COVID. Not vaccines. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent. up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply not ufos uh <laughs> and not uh, not any late night uh, tv guys just stick to football and shut up <laughs> <laughs> 
We're talking to the he won't leg- be happy about that. The legendary Steve Summers. Steve, I want to play a clip for you and for the entire audience because this clip okay. you know, right. is one of the great. They really, I think this exemplifies WFAN. Well, let me guess what it's going to be. Can I guess? Of course, you're more than welcome to. It's the Daryl Strawberry thing. It's not the Daryl Strawberry no. thing. No, it's not. But no. good guess. That was a very good guess. I have a okay. lot of audio saved for this beautiful day, but it's a caller because we are the fan. So as much as people love you and Joe and Mike and Chris, and you guys are great. I grew up listening to all of you. Sometimes yeah. the caller would become the star, and you did such a great job of enhancing that caller into becoming an even bigger star. And the guy yeah. I'm thinking about is Jerome in Manhattan. Oh, for sure. And one of his great phone calls that he made to you. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't had the pleasure, we present to you Jerome in Manhattan. Picture a man sitting alone in his room. No family, no friends, just a phone in the sports section. A man obsessively pondering the fate of the Yanks, Jets, and Knicks. His is a dimension of sight, of sound, but of no mind. There's a rubber room up ahead. You're entering the Jerome Zone. Steve, I am not a happy Yankee fan tonight. They won, Jerome. I know they won. I want to talk about Brian Cashman here. All right. Turn off that song, because I'm not in a good mood. Well, see, as soon as you say that, you get Ray Martell on the other side of the glass, who's a big Red Sox fan. What is Cashman doing letting Jermaine die go to Oakland? <laughs> now they're going to win the World Series. Will you stop? What, there's they another... need another... When is he going to realize that justice is aging more than they're saying? I read an article today that justice... Is not even taking batting practice now. Would you take uh, Dimitri Young? No. Would you? He said they're not going to trade him. Would you take? Well, you don't know if that's a no. That's very possible. Dimitri Young could be gone. Sean Casey could be gone. Uh, Pokey Reese uh, could be gone. Uh, that they need a bat for the outfield. Who's going to replace O'Neill next w- year? And you- who's going to replace Nabilak? Would- do you remember that phone call, Steve, by chance? That's fantastic. Uh, there, there were so many like that. What, what the, this particular phone call reminds me of, he, Jerome used to complain uh, with or without medication that he was on. He, <laughs> he used to complain about Yankee parades along uh, the Canyon of Heroes. Oh, about who was in which car and because uh, so-and-so wasn't in the first car. And uh, he was complaining. The Yankees would win a World Series. And, of course, he had something to complain about the whole thing. So uh, this is so typical. It's a good choice on your part because it's so typical of Jerome from Manhattan, who in his own way was entertaining as any caller I had over those 34 years. But but think about this. Tiki, Steve, he was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. He was complaining about Brian Cashman and was still doing it 20-plus yeah. years later. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I, – I, his cousin uh, kept in touch with me regarding his health, and he has a number of health issues. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, and I don't think he's with us anymore, but – I wish he was, and I wish he was still calling uh, the radio station because he was, as I say, 
as entertaining as can be. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point about callers because we, I don't think we take them for granted, but sometimes you don't realize unless you've been doing it for a long time that it's it's the same people calling, right? You end up developing a relationship. I haven't quite done that yet on, on WFAN, Steve, because I've only been on WFAN <laughs> for two years. Sure. I was on the national network for a long time, and we hardly got calls. But <laughs> but on WFAN, you get calls. People call you oh, like regularly. Oh, yeah. They become somewhat friendly with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, philosophically, the key to being a good talk show host is also being able to listen. The, maybe the record holder for most calls to the station uh, without getting on uh, as many times as he would call during the day was Joe from Staten Island. Mm. Uh, and uh, he, at one time, I think we were in the neighborhood of him calling. He wanted to be on all the programs every single day. And so he was calling from early in the morning until late night and overnight. And at one point, uh, again, give or take, he may have called the radio station in a 24-hour period more than 1,200 times. <laughs> Jeez, that's unbelievable. It almost feels not mathematically possible. Right. My God. Steve, I, I'm curious because, and I remember this as a kid listening, as much as it pained me, because I don't like the New York Rangers, and you do, and you became, in a lot of yeah. ways, the voice of the Ranger fan. Yeah. Um, after, well, I, yeah, go ahead. You know, the uh, hockey, I mean, nobody wanted, certainly Mark Chernoff didn't want us to talk hockey at all, Boomer notwithstanding. <laughs> but but, but uh, it was, uh, listen, when you have nine teams, three hockey teams, how could you ignore uh, the kind of history that certainly the Rangers have had and uh, and the Devils coming in the, what, 88, 89, and, uh, and, and of course the Icelanders, yeah, and it was a great rivalry that went really kind of unnoticed, or certainly not by the hockey fan, but by the general WFAN audience. So we did all that shtick with, you know, ducks and geese and chicks better scurry when I take you out of Missouri. Uh, the whole thing between urban and rural and old country road and Broadway and the history of the Rangers and and uh, what uh, history the Icelanders had, and uh, their uniforms that reminded you of Gordon's fish sticks and <laughs> Mike Bassey and and uh, Sturgeon, and uh, I mean I just had so much fun. And in the very beginning, it was very controversial, and uh, there were death threats uh, that I was getting in the mail, not emails at the time because there wasn't emails at the time in the early uh in the late eighties and early, very early nineties. So the the bottom line was uh it was uh Icelander fans were really uh, taking it well, all to heart. Would you have you have you been to UBS Arena since it opened up the New Islander home? No, no I haven't because I've, I can tell you right now, diehard Islander fan Sal Licata has like an in with Mr. Ledecky. I think he would take it. You could sit in the suite with the Islanders owner and maybe after all these years he can convert <laughs> you like they did Sal. What do you think of that, Steve? <laughs> well, first of all, they should be at the mausoleum. That's the real home. <laughs> and, and you know, whether it was Belmont or what you want to call it now 
where they play, and and also they're not as good a team so far as the New York Rangers, which is, see, all this has to do with, you know, staying out of the penalty box, and, and the Icelanders don't have the kind of offense that they wish they had. The Rangers have the offense, but uh, they have lapses defensively, and uh, they're in the penalty box a little bit too much. But they're a very good team. The whole thing is uh, stay healthy, get contributions from all four lines. By the time, uh, it seems like 100 years from now when you get into the postseason where it really matters and really counts and where uh, more people are going to be paying attention than right now. But but hockey should not be ignored, that's for sure. Damn right. By the way, this is very important. Um, Chris Russo chimed in on it. I think every legend who comes on mm-hmm. certainly should chime in on it. And that is, do you think Tiki Barber's a Hall of Famer? <laughs> do you think Tiki's a Hall of Famer, Steve? Just so you know, uh, oh, oh, yeah, just so you know, d- dog yeah, called me borderline. <laughs> and once Coughlin told him to carry the football along the sideline in uh, the other arm. Right, high and tight. He was great. Yeah, uh, I mean, thank you. Yeah, I think uh, the brothers in the Hall of Fame, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Why not? I feel you. Thank you, Steve. There you go. Thank you very much. Oh, hey. Yeah, ter- a terrific running back. I had no question about it. Exciting. And uh, was able to move the chains, as we say in the trade. That's for sure. Steve, uh, it's an honor to always talk to you. I'm glad you're still a part of the station. I've heard you on with Keith. You're a legend. I grew up listening to you. And thank you very much for coming on this Throwback Thursday. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks for thinking of me. Thanks for having me. And continued success, you two guys. You guys are terrific. Appreciate you, Appreciate it. The great Steve Summers, the schmoozer himself. By the way, going back to that Jerome clip, what I do find so funny about it, is that that clip was from 2001? Uh, it was from range? 2001. It was 2001. What had just happened that he was upset about? Well, the Yankees won the World Series in 2000. Right. They were about to win the pennant in 2001. They lost the brutal World Series. <laughs> but I couldn't follow He him. was mad, mad about the Red Sox? That the A's signed Jermaine Dye. They're going to win the World Series. Oh, they did it. not win the World Series, and he didn't want Dimitri Young or Pokey well, Reese. Well, what we are curious about, and obviously you're playing at the time. You're yeah. in the freaking NFL. Right. Do you have any idea who Jermaine Dye is? Uh, I kind of know the name, but I don't know. Dimitri Young. Dimitri Young, I've heard of. You remember him? Okay. Yeah. Pokey Reese. Pokey Reese, of course. Because his name was unique. All right. And Sean Casey, we know. Cause, yeah. Because, you know, obviously. Because he's Sean. But how about the fact that that's 22 years ago? Yeah. And it's bitching about Brian Cashman. 23 now. Is it's it 20, 2024. Yeah, 23, 23 right. years later. 23 years later. And Yankee fans are saying and doing the, the exact same, same things. Right. And think about what the bar was back then. So this is in the midst of winning a World Series. Remember, they had won three straight World Series, four to five. They're in how many World Series in a row? And Brian Cashman. I, I assume Jerome is no longer with us. He is unfortunately yeah. no okay. longer with us. Yes. But I think a funny idea to have his memory live on is we should have an AI Jerome in Manhattan fight with Big Mac on the overnights about Brian Cashman. <laughs> like once a week, Big Mac, you're welcome. That should be a bit he does on his show. Uh, speaking of AIs, you know what jumped out at me so far? We have Bad Tiki, and Bad Tiki will join the show in one hour and 13 minutes, even on this Throwback Thursday. And we all love Bad Tiki. Mm-hmm. Bad Minko. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would Bad Minko not be the greatest thing ever? Oh, my God. By the way. You know what? It would be actually more shocking than Bad Tiki. Because <laughs> yeah. right? Bad, Min- Bad Tiki is, is, is there because you guys think I'm a nice guy. 
you guys have slowly found out I'm not really. My <laughs> temper gets twisted a little bit. I go, I go a little rogue. I go a little bad tiki. I don't think Mink ever would raise his voice at anybody about anything. Yeah, you're probably right. right. <laughs> it would be more stunning. I, let, I think let, I was just gonna say I think Bad Mink will better spin off than Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if this will tick Tiki off because I heard something this morning, mm-hmm. and I wonder if this will bother you. Okay, let's what if it. I told you someone's cheating on you? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't mean you know like someone real. <laughs> so I, don't want to, I don't want this to be like your wife's cheating on you or well, anything I like mean, that. She's no, on a plane to Indianapolis right now. What if I told you cheer competition? So I doubt yeah. it. With what Nicole. if I, What if I told you somebody in uh, media is cheating on you? Mm-hmm. You? Not me, Rico. No, you not Rico. Me Rico. What if somebody that you go on the show of is cheating on you? Uh, I felt very Drew dirty. Barrymore? She's cheating on you. With who? Ladies and gentlemen, Drew Barrymore this morning on Boomer and Geo. It's so exciting. We're going to be in Vegas, and you guys are what? too. And I was wondering mm. if actually we could do the Drew's News Desk at the CBS whole Bellagio setup together because I can't think of any better authorities than Boomer and Geo to talk sports with on our show. Would you guys do that with us? Are you kidding me? I mean, as long as Boomer's got a lot of responsibilities for CBS, I'm sure that they will allow him to do this. I'm completely in because I've got nothing to do there but do our show (laughs) and play golf. So that would be awesome. Giannotti's ripping his clothes off. He's I'm telling you. Uh, well, Drew is pretty amazing. <laughs> you know what? I forgive her. You forgive her? I forgive her. She basically said, I don't even know who Tiki is. But she she loves me. Also, if she's doing Super Bowl shows in Vegas, what the heck were you taping? <laughs> A Super Bowl show. <laughs> yeah, but you know, why not invite you on Vegas? I, 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 first of all, I'm not going to Vegas. <laughs> and I don't want to go to Vegas. All right. The you- Super Bowl cities are, it sounds like it's such a fun thing to do. It really does. Oh, it's going to be awesome. We're going to have a great time. There's parties everywhere. It is such a daunting week. And maybe this is because I'm old now. Yeah. I don't enjoy We're going streaking! I don't, don't enjoy it. I don't blame you about that, but she basically said, you, Boomer Esaias, mm-hmm. you, Greg Giannotti, Tiki doesn't exist. Like, I never hooked up with him on my TV show. I never had him on. I never used him as a spot. You're the authorities on sports. I can't I can't even think oh, of anybody I saw, else. I get it. I get it. Because she doesn't see me just as a sports analyst. As an athlete. Oh, she I see. sees me as the person. So she looks right. at G as just this piece yeah. of meat, like a sports geek. Right. Interesting. Just, just use them for their sports knowledge. I got gotcha. you. By the way, Gene Hottie was very excited. Okay. Oh, yes. my goodness. That is going to be an all-time career highlight for me. She's a, she's awesome. She really is. Is it an all-time career highlight for you? I mean, every time they ask me to come on, I'm like, yes. What are you going to talk about? I don't care. Yes. So you don't think this will hurt your invite schedule? Like, Because they view you as more than sports, so they don't even think of you with sports. So you'll still get invites even though. This is, this is Drew's fourth season. I've been on since the first one. Wow. November okay. of 2020. Basically what Tiki is saying to Boomer and Geo is, I've marked my territory. Right. Now, Tiki, do you think Drew would have on a guest, let's say, to promote a scorecard book? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking about? Uh, I doubt it. Uh, I doubt it. Okay. We will talk to the great Howie Rose coming up in about 25 minutes. We did lose on a somber note a legend earlier this morning. The great Howie, uh, Howie Rose, his favorite player as a child, Bud Harrelson. Bud Harrelson is a, an all-time great Met. When you think of... Guys who bleed orange and blue as a player, 
as a coach, as a manager, it's Bud Harrelson. And unfortunately, we lost him earlier today. We'll talk to Howie about the legacy of Bud Harrelson. When we come back, taking a look at some of these NFL playoff odds, some interesting bets that one could make going into this weekend as we begin Super Wild Card Weekend. It is a very special throwback Thursday on the family. Sports Radio 66, Tiki on the fin on a throwback Thursday. The great Howie Rose will join us in about 10 minutes or so. I always love at the beginning of the NFL playoffs, Tiki, to not bet who's going to win the Super Bowl, but bet who's going to come out of each conference. Hmm. And the one thing that's making me pause right now, even though I'm really excited about it, is how bad the weather is going to be in two specific AFC cities over the weekend. Right. The weather in Kansas City could potentially be the coldest game in the history of the league at minus 30. And up in Buffalo, there may be some kind of massive snowstorm. (laughs) Yeah, on that note, uh, this from Andrew Filipponi out in Pittsburgh. He says, KDK radio host Marty Griffin has said sources tell him Steelers' bills could get moved to Cleveland if lake effect weather and state of emergency is declared in western New York on Sunday. He says that Brown Stadium officials have been told, quote-unquote, to be ready. Hold on a second. Can you imagine the uproar from Buffalo Bill fans? Dude, I'm not even a Bill fan and I'm uproaring. Well, hold on. Bill's fans, remember, in state of emergencies in the past, they've had a game moved to Detroit regular season. Yeah, but that's the regular season. This is a playoff game where they could go be their nutty Bill self. It'll be 30 guys without T-shirts on. They could get no exaggeration if this takes effect forty inches of snow. So they, can, they can't play. They can't play football in forty. It's inches not even now. about that. It becomes unsafe to get fans to and from a game where forty inches of snow happen. So all this talk about football weather. Yeah, if there's six to twelve inches, you play football. If you literally have to declare a state of emergency because you cannot plow the roads fast enough, wow. you have to move a game. Tiki. Wow. Our society is getting soft. Yes, we are. Thank you. Run up the score, Saints. Keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it's a, that's an interesting development. I mean, I, I knew that the storm was big. We're just still going to get rain, right? It's well, we're actually look, we're going to be fine on Sunday. We're getting a Friday into Saturday. Yes, yeah, so. we're talking about up there, lake effect snow. Well, you know, we can get to Kansas City in a second. It's supposed right. to be bone chilling, sustained forty mile an hour winds for this game, and now the lake effect right. snow is being uh, running. A couple of things. Can they All play right. the game a day earlier, or a day later? I mean, seriously, like yeah, there, there's a few elements to this because snow. this automatically creates. An advantage for the Steelers. Of course it does. And it's what you play the regular season for is to get home field advantage. Well, you're going to put a Steeler road game in Buffalo in another AFC North stadium that they're used to playing in. And it's not that far of a ride from from Pittsburgh. That's the other thing. But think about this. If the idea is to keep the cold weather, keep the elements, it's better than flying to Detroit. Okay, there's a lot of elements to this. Let me start with number one. I'd almost rather it be more neutral site like Detroit. You know what I mean? So instead of basically, as Evan was saying, mm. another an NFC or AFC North facility that they're very familiar with, that's not that far for them, put it somewhere neutral. Well, there's a few elements here. If there is a state of emergency and it is unsafe for fans to get to the stadium and they're closing down roads, obviously you can't have the game with fans coming to the stadium. But I'll throw this at you. Play the game without fans? Bingo. No, no, I'm dead serious, and I'll tell you why. Wow. If you're moving the game anyway, you're playing it with a weird, unfair advantage in terms of who's in the building. Like, if you move it to Cleveland, you're right. 
It'll be filled with Steeler fans. That ain't fair. If you move it to a dome, you've taken out of the elements. That ain't fair. So what you do is you safely get all the players in that building and you create the greatest TV event we have ever seen. A football game in a driving, blizzardy snowstorm. And don't give me, oh, we can't play in front of no people. We did it for an entire year during the pandemic. What if you can't get the players home? They're all going to sleep in the locker room overnight? I I mean, they'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll figure it out, right? The ex-player Tiki Barber's on my side. Right. So Highmark Stadium, which is the Buffalo Bills Stadium. I had to look it up. I was like, what the heck is the name of this thing? It's kind of in a neighborhood. I bet a lot of the Bills fans could walk there. You're damn right. right. There would be people coming to this game. And what's more fun than walking in a snowstorm? Right. I, I mean, some it. of them would have to walk some miles. So, number one, if it's unsafe for fans to get there, okay, I understand where you may not let them in. But number two, it is a playoff game. Okay? There's a playoff game. This is not a regular season game. Mm-hmm. This isn't a Monday night game. This isn't a Sunday afternoon game. And the Buffalo Bills, as much as I may not like them, Earned this, they earned and they earned what it they the have. hard way. By the way, yeah, they, they, did. they were on a slide where it felt like they were in trouble. They fired their offensive coordinator midseason and still found a way to get hot when it mattered. Absolutely, they need to play that game in their building. That to me is non-negotiable. Like I'll start with that. You know, we could talk about oh, maybe don't play the game, maybe don't let fans in. Oh, there's ten feet of snow. This is unsafe. This is wrong. Okay, fine. If you need to push it back a day or two mm. or move it up a day or two. I'm going to talk about that, but it is absolutely insane to take a home game away from a football team that flat out earned it. What other? Go ahead. I was going to say this scenario has happened to the Steelers before, which has led to the piggish behavior we see of all the expanded playoffs. 2016 season, Chiefs Steelers scheduled for one o'clock. Ice storm, state of emergency in Missouri. They moved the game the day before to 8.05 Sunday night football out of 1 o'clock to 8 o'clock to give time for the storm to die and get the roads done. Steelers end up upsetting the Chiefs 18-16 as a result. Now we get Sunday night playoff games as a result of that game being so highly rated. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But but think about that. I think a part of why I don't even remember that is because there was no difference. Like, it was still in the stadium it was intended to be. It wasn't moved to, like, a Tuesday it was just moved back a few hours. Yeah, Under for, no but, circumstances can the Bills not play this game but 40, in Orchard Park. 40 inches of snow. I mean, we know that's always an exaggeration. Weathermen are just trying to make sure. themselves relevant in this moment. But 40 inches of snow is a lot of snow. Okay. I mean. Okay. Come on. <laughs> well, 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 I, I get it. It's a lot of snow. What's your point? How are you playing a football game in 40 inches of snow? Why not? You can figure out a way. I mean, you're pl- you got to plow the field every <laughs> I don't know, every three, five minutes? We'll hey, timeout. Official timeout. We got to plow the entire field. Seriously. Yeah. And by the way, the Bills stink at running the ball. The one thing the Steelers can do is run the ball. You're actually giving the Steelers an advantage. No, no, no. no but you know what? Don't look at it from that standpoint. Whoever gets the advantage out of circumstances, that's just what happens. It's like the Dolphins. Hey, they didn't get home field advantage, so now they have to play the coldest game ever. It sucks that they have to deal with that. The Bills are built a certain way. Oh, Josh Allen's going to turn the ball over five times. If that happens, it happens. If bad luck yeah. from weather costs you but in the playoffs. What is Evan? I'm trying to like think of, uh, think about that's, that's over three feet, So what's man? the issue? You don't want to watch a football game in three feet of snow? I'm game, bro. I, would, I just know, know how you do that. Let's find out. I don't know how you do it. Can we just make every stadium a retractable roof already? Enough. Yeah. I've so had it. We have pushed what? back. 
Tiki, I, I looked at this last week. The Seahorn pick six game versus the Eagles. Yeah. The anniversary of that just happened earlier this week or over the weekend. That was already the divisional round. We haven't even begun the wild card round. The NFL's pushed back to the heart of winter for these most important games. That's a good point. Any new stadium now should have a retractable roof. I like weather, but when it gets to a certain point where it's negative 50 or 40 inches of snow, you don't have to make sure every game's in a dome, but, yeah. you, you know, Go, certain things. Tell us the Kansas City situation because the weather – there is, yeah. I mean, this is going to be like and the Packers Giants worst championship game, but worse, worse. Right? You could hit points in this game with a negative 50 wind chill. Bleep happens, dude. I, I mean, mean well, you, you go sit out there. I have. Is it even safe to be outside in that? No, that it's not safe. I get it. You gotta, it's, it's a <laughs> I tough mean, scene. I remember looking at Tom's face and yeah. it was like, dude, this guy. He might his face might freeze off. No, I yeah. get right. that it's very very cold, but Sean Morash is like uh, Captain Soft. I'm not Captain Soft. Go no, kiss ass. But you can, <laughs> this idea we that need to put every game in a dome because it gets cold outside. I didn't say that, Evan. It gets a little nippy. What we need to do is get rid of the rules where it's like if it dips below 65, then you put the roof up. I think if a game is still 20 degrees and cold and 10 mile an hour winds. Played in that, but if you keep building these new stadiums, keep putting money, put a retractable roof to avoid no. extreme no. scenarios, no. especially since the NFL season's been pushed back like this. Absolutely not. Yes, absolutely not. Come in on, fact, man, these games should be determined okay. like this. Watch this, NFC North. Remember the NFC North? Do I remember the NFC? North? There are four teams in the NFC North. Yeah, two of them play outside, two of them play in domes. Correct? Uh, yes. Okay. The teams in the domes since they've started playing in domes have been to how many Super Bowls? I'm going to help you if you have a problem. <laughs> None. The answer is zero. Okay. Guess the what? other two. No, I'm not done yet. The other two teams, the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears, play outside. Have they been both to Super Bowls? Yes, they, they have. Okay. Great. Okay. By the way, Bears okay. right now discussing putting a dome on the new stadium. Well, they're so. wrong. Well, they're wrong. And guess what? When that dump Lambo gets wrong. taken down, they'll have their, a dome it's too. It's their opinion. Well, they're okay. It's stupid. Okay. You that's don't like better. What I, you don't like what I say. Though. No. You know, no, like opinions are wrong, <laughs> but opinion can't be wrong. Okay. It's your opinion. The opinion isn't wrong. Thank you. It's just that, dude, you're an NFL player. I agree. You, it's meant to be played outside. I agree. Run up Thank the score. You. Score again. Right. <laughs> Run up the score. Play in the elements. Let's go. Look, I get if it is unsafe in Buffalo because there's an absurd amount of snow where the guys can't get to the stadium and fans can't get there and refs can't get there. Okay, fine. You may not be able to play it at the time you intended. I do understand that. But under no circumstances can you move that game elsewhere. It cannot happen. It can't. No. It's a, it, it is, you know, we always talk about the conspiracies of the NFL. Right? Here's, the, here's one that would happen if they moved this. Well, the, uh, the NFL wants Mike Tomlin in his 17th season of being consistently under, uh, under, over 500 to get a chance to go and win a championship before he steps away and, you know, pursues other ventures and then takes a year off from coaching. Go out as a champion. That's what mm. that's what would happen. No, I know. Like, people would be saying that, oh, the NFL wants the Steelers to win. They don't want Buffalo to win. And that would be unfair to the, to the Steelers, really. Yep. No, you're right. More on this a little bit later. We are now joined by one of the original voices of this great radio station. You hear him call Met Games. He's the sound of spring now. For a generation of Met fans, and of course, is the great Howie Rose. Howie, Tiki, Evan, how you been? I'm fine, guys. How are you? We're good. Obviously, today's a sad day, uh, the loss of Buddy Harrelson. For those who are younger, for even those that are my age, because I remember growing up with Buddy as a manager, and obviously yeah. Buddy with the Long Island Ducks, and Buddy always being around and being the nicest guy. Or but, like me, Ev, I grew up in Virginia. Or so like Tiki. I'm not familiar. 
Can you tell Tiki and a lot of our audience kind of who Bud Harrelson was? He was exactly as he portrayed himself and what you saw when he was with the Ducks or at any other appearance that he made. He was he was every man in the sense that, you know, he wasn't built like a behemoth as so many athletes are nowadays. Despite that, he was as tough as they came. And I think that probably the best example I could give of what Buddy meant to the team, and it might not be the most glamorous example because it seems today everybody wants to talk about the fight with Pete Rose, but never mind that. In 1973, when one by one key Mets players went down with injury to the point where they were in last place right about the end of August, well, right around that time, Buddy came back from a long-term injury. I believe he had broken his sternum. And when he came back, you could see that entire infield coalesce. He and Felix Mion were arguably the best double play combination the Mets ever had, with a possible exception, really, of Edgardo Alfonso and Ray Ordonez, in my opinion. But what Buddy meant to that team, apart from just the 69 champions, was what, you know, any other um, catalytic force would mean to any other sports team. You know, you could just, you, it, it's not about a given at bat or mm. even a given play in the field. It's just this aura about his presence on the field, which made everybody better. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a it's a sad moment I think for Met fans and that's for the to know. And you grow, he was your favorite player when you were growing up. Well, why, one of them. Why why was he one of your favorite players? Simply because he well, seemed like an overachiever. He was one of a handful of favorite players that had Tiki on that team, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that I felt like we grew up together. Yeah. You know, yeah, I yeah. was eight, I was eight years old when the Mets were born in 1962. And Buddy was 10 years older than me. And I think there are a lot of us in my age range, among my contemporaries, who, because Buddy got so close to the fan base, you almost looked at him as a big brother. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I've, I've been saying this all day, whether on social media or other interviews I've done, that if you were a Bud Harrelson fan in the New York area and you never met him, you just weren't trying very hard because he was so available. And I mean that in, in every sense of the word, not just that if you went to the ballpark, you'd see him, but uh, he seemingly never said no to a request by any charitable organization. He was so great with kids. I've seen so many testimonials to that on social media today. And I just smile and read them all because that was buddy. And so for however many of us had a personal relationship with him, I think we could all feel as though we really knew him because he was one of us. Watching him as a kid, interviewing him on Mets Extra, getting to know him. Talk about your relationship and getting to know Bud Harrelson. Oh, we were just friends, you know, as you would be with anybody else who you develop a certain rapport with. And I remember back in, what was it, 1988, when I played in Mets Fantasy Camp, um, Buddy, in fact, was one of the owners of that camp, as I recall, at that time. In those days, they called it Dream Week. And <laughs> we were going to have uh, that particular week down in Tampa. You know why? It was because that was the year that the Mets opened their new complex in Port St. Lucie. And since Fantasy Camp, or Dream Week, was in uh, earlier mid-February, just before spring training started, they didn't want us to be the first slugs to use that complex. <laughs> so, that makes sense. So they moved. 
seriously. So they moved the entire operation to Tampa, where the Cincinnati Reds used to train. And anyway, when, you know, Buddy found out that I was going to play uh, as one of the participants during the day and then do my radio show at night from the lobby of the hotel, uh, he said to me, hey, let's meet at the Shea Stadium one morning. We'll go into the batting cage and I'll throw BP to you just because you're probably pretty rusty, which was an understatement to be sure. But, but I mean, that was Buddy. You know, come on. He gave of his time so I would enjoy that week more before it even got started. That was Buddy. It's it's so cool that he spends the majority of his career with the Mets. He coaches on a championship team. He gets to manage the team. I mean, he really completed mm-hmm. the triple threat of being able to do everything with an organization, which is so cool. Well, for one thing, he revered, as so many of his teammates did, Gil Hodges. Mm. So much so that when Buddy went to Philadelphia – which I believe was in the 1978 season. Yeah. Uh, he took Gil's number 14. Oh, wow. And, and well, the irony of it all is that I'm not sure if Buddy played more than that one year in Philadelphia, but the guy who wore number 14 for the Phillies the following year, yeah. Pete Rose. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> you know, so they were connected again in a somewhat, you know, more – uh, Thurier way, I suppose, but it was still uh, a connection that many people have referred back to today, uh, and they became good friends too. Because how can you not be Buddy Harrelson's friend? No doubt, we're talking to the great Howie Rose, one of the originals at this station. Um, I've I've gone on YouTube. I've gotten stuck in the YouTube paradox, like a lot of us have. And Not I hear, yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. And I, for some reason, I like hearing clips of Joe from Saddle River. That's Joe Beningo <laughs> calling Howie Rose to tell about all the moves the Mets need to make. They got to get this guy. They got to get that guy. Is there any day you wake up and say, boy, I miss that? Mm-hmm. I should do shows on WF fans so I could hear Mets fans complain and demand which player they want <laughs> on their team. Well, I'll tell you what. My favorite day of the week to work was a Monday during the football season. Oh, yes. And the reason for that is that one of my first callers would be Joe from Saddle River. Mm. And I don't know if either of you are going to get this comparison, but I apologize just for being old. (laughs) (laughs) But but Joe from Saddle River, a.k.a. Joe Beningo, was, to my radio show, what Inagata DeVita was to a disc jockey. Inagata DeVita, and obviously you, you never heard it. No, I have no idea. We're, <laughs> we're lost. <laughs> a, a song, it was a song by the less than legendary group Iron Butterfly, which came out in the 1960s. It ran for probably about 13 minutes. And so right. when Beningo would call me to opine about the Jets game of the day before, I knew just as any disc jockey did when they played Inagata DeVita, that I had about 13 minutes to go to the bathroom, paper, go roam around the station, and and come back and know that Joe would not have missed the punctuation mark. Right. Well, you know how uh, – here's something very coincidental. We do the same thing to Joe on Mondays (laughs) (laughs) after the Jets games. Hey, Joe, come on. Just leave the building and come back, and he wouldn't have missed a beat. Well, one day Tiki did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) I know what's going on, even though I'm down here in Florida. How, How do you like living down there in Florida? Oh, I love it. I, mean, I just love it. I'm not a winter guy. You know, people yep. 
ask me, why'd you give up hockey? I didn't really give up hockey as much as I gave up winter. Yeah. Um, I mean, who knows if they, if they play hockey during the summer, maybe I'd still be doing hockey. Who knows? I, but, um, uh, unfortunately, Florida is not very Floridian lately. We've had a brutal winter with weather. I yeah. won't bore you with the details, but it's, yeah, it's my not bro- what... Yeah, Howie, my brother said the same thing. He said it's, a, it's cold as it's ever been down there. Yeah, too so, bad. I know. Too, too bad. bad. I want my money back. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I, I do have one current Met question for you. Right now, I have a big beard on my face, and I'm doing that out of loyalty to Pete Alonso. I want Pete Alonso. Is that what I saw today? Wait a minute. Is that yes. picture actually of you? No, today? no, no. That's what, that's what he's going to become if, no. he, if it oh. goes for another three or so months. Yes, I, I tweeted out a picture of a wrestler by the name of Sammy Zayn, who's got red hair that's oh. long and a beard. I'm not well, there Well, it looked yet. like Justin Turner. I thought there was a message there. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I, I may eventually look like that because I want Pete Alonso to be on this team forever because we don't have a lot of this, like in the history of the franchise. We don't mm-hmm. have a long list of guys who are just career I nuts. And I, I, I understand as disappointed I was about the Grom. I get why it didn't work out. Obviously, the Mets turned out to make the right decision. As you sit here today, as a guy that has seen it all from the beginning – how important is it to you that Pete Alonso is a career Met? And do you think it's going to happen? Well, you have to separate pragmatism from emotion. And I think I can best explain how this will unfold by creating the scenario that every team goes through when they get into a situation such as where the Mets are going to be with Alonso. And that is going to play this year at age 29 and assuming he either doesn't sign an extension during the season or doesn't get traded. Um, and even if he does, you know, still his following season, the first year of a potential new, very expensive, presumably long-term, presumably contract is going to be his age 30 season. So why does that matter? Because now what teams have the ability to do is draw from a various group of biomechanical data and metrics and analytics that can best inform an organization what this player is going to look like in year two of a deal, Mm -hmm. in year four of a deal, in year six of a deal. So what do they take into consideration? Well, they take into consideration his body type, his injury history, uh, how he hits a certain level of pitching um, at a much more sophisticated level. level than I can even understand it, never mind explain it. But they've got all this information now that they can draw from. And I think that's what's going to go into this. They're going to have to create a, 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 a metric that tells them this is what we think he's going to be worth to the point that it doesn't become an albatross hmm. at some point. Now, most of these contracts, quite frankly, do. Um, Max Scherzer's did not to the Washington Nationals. Even Carlos Beltran, the best free agent the Mets ever signed. Why? Because he was about 27 years old when they signed him, but he broke down along the way. And I don't think there was anything they could have seen analytically then that would have even suggested that. It was just a series of things that happened. And so you have to project that some of that is going to take place with virtually anyone. And what no team wants to do is get caught in a situation, say, that the Angels did when they signed Albert Pujols for that long-term deal and essentially wound up um, subsidizing the declining years of Pujols' career, which they were paying as a reward for what he did with another team, the St. Louis Cardinals. So I think that's, you know, again, separating emotion here, that's going to be a big part of this scenario. You know what's weird, and I know that David Stearns probably wouldn't agree with what I'm about to say, and I'm curious if you would. 
the David Wright contract didn't work. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. David had a back issue, and mm-hmm. he he never got to fulfill that contract. Yet, as a fan, I look back at that and say, I'm glad they signed him. Because the idea of him going somewhere else and wearing another jersey, even if it was only for a couple of years, would have just been horrible. So even though that didn't work, and obviously you want to hand out smart contracts, I would prefer to take the risk just knowing that my guy a generation ago, David Wright, two mm-hmm. generations ago would have been Daryl Strawberry, that that guy will never wear another uniform. And to me, there's a big value in that. I'm not sure the front office would see that at all. But the front office can't allow them to see it simply like that. It's a consideration. Yeah. And it may not only be a serious consideration, it may be the consideration that ultimately wins the day. I can't speak to what they're going to do. Right. But that's going to be a dilemma because, you know, look, Steve Cohen did not get to where he is by making rash, emotional decisions that were bereft of any financial sense. Now, maybe you look back and say, um, you know, some baseball contracts fall into that category. They make no sense, but you wanted to keep this player because he was a fan favorite, and if you've got the financial wherewithal to do it, then you do it. Yeah. And that may well be how this shakes out. I can't put a percentage of value on whether they're going to re-sign Pete or not because I'm not the one who's in the room when they have to make those decisions. And what I just described in terms of the factors that go into those decisions being made probably just scratch the surface. There's so much that goes into it that I'm not even aware of in all likelihood. Yeah. Well, how so, you know, here, here's the thing that I that I, I worry about. Like we saw this with Aaron Judge on the other side of town where it maybe got a little contentious. We didn't hear much about it, but it did until it became sentimental, right? They reached out. They said, look, we really want you here. They got the final offer. Judge is here. It's a long-term contract. As you mentioned about the breakdown metrics, he gets hurt the next year, right? So we know that the value is not fully going to be realized because he didn't play a lot of last season. But with but that Pete, was a freak injury. It was, you know, it was, it, it was but, he did have, but he did have an injury history, right? And I, Look, I'm right. on, I'm on right. Judge's You're side. Right. Every, every no, one right. of his injuries, I'll tell you, was freak, right? Diving for a ball, misdiagnosed, all those other things that come mm-hmm. into it. But with Pete, like, you're already starting to hear he's so aggrieved by this that he'd rather play somewhere else. And you never heard that with Judge. So I wonder how contentious this gets. Well, I wonder how credible those, quote, sources even are. Right. I mean, who's saying that? You right. know, we saw what happened last year when uh, one of your brethren suggested that Pete was – a divisive influence or even a cancer within the clubhouse. And that was just so wrong and so far removed from reality. It doesn't even really merit any further discussion. But, you know, we all have to kind of take that element of of noise, which is all it really is, and just put it on a shelf. Because uh, at the end of the day, it may very well be that a certain level of emotion will tip the scales in favor of the Mets making the kind of offer that Pete finds acceptable, but in no way do I believe right now. I don't know Pete well. I mean, I know him yeah. probably as well as you know any team broadcaster would. I, I I think I know him well enough to believe that in his heart he really wants to stay here, and I I don't believe that his mind is already elsewhere because well, they haven't necessarily reached out. I don't know if they reached out or not. Maybe they haven't well, at all. 
But but I, I still firmly believe that in his perfect world, he remains a mess. Well, That's my opinion. I, I agree with you, and my wife hopes so, too, because she's getting sick of the beard, and she wants it cut. <laughs> Howie, I appreciate I appreciate you coming on. We love talking to you. Thank you very much. And opening day is just around the corner. Yeah, right. Appreciate you, Howie. My pleasure, guys. Don't rush it. I'm still waiting for the weather to warm up. <laughs> I got you. The great Howie Rose, one of the original voices at WFN. When we come back... Joe Beningo, and I've got some audio for Joe and for everybody listening. The happiest Joe ever sounded on WFAN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.